0: This episode is sponsored by Dano Seasoning. Dano Seasoning is made with only the good stuff and because they use no fillers, you get 100% real flavor in your seasoning bottle. This all-purpose seasoning helps you make great tasting food with ease and it's compatible with tons of cuisines and cooking styles. If you're on a diet, don't worry. Dano Seasoning is gluten-free, low sodium, zero carb, it's vegan and it's also downright delicious, dare I say. It's great for paleo, keto, and Mediterranean diets because it uses all natural ingredients without the sugar and or the chemicals. Deno's seasoning is the perfect ingredient to use before, during, and after cooking. You can use it before as a marinade seasoning, during to season your protein and veggies, and even after to add some extra flavor. Deno's was created as a chicken seasoning, but it is also a great steak seasoning or fish seasoning. It's great as a pork seasoning on beef, or any number of protein substitutes. Try it on veggies, potatoes, even soup, stews, or sauces. I actually brought my bottle of Danos that I got to the movies when I went and saw the new Elvis movie, and I put it on my popcorn. And let me tell you, the best tasting popcorn I've ever had. Danos comes in three flavors original, spicy, and hot chipotle. They've also recently released a Danos flavored beef jerky. Get them all here at denoseasoning.com. Use the promo code HodgePodge at checkout and receive a generous offer. Again, denoseasoning.com, promo code HodgePodge. podcast I'm your host as always Dylan Hodge but you guys already know that I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter at I am mr. Dylan Hodge thanks for streaming downloading and just clicking on this podcast today I really do appreciate it all of you guys wonderful people that come in listening to the podcast each and every week or you know just whenever you find an episode that you like because I know I don't do everybody's tastes of podcasts because let's be honest My favorite podcast I don't listen to every episode because I'm like oh that's not really you know that that doesn't really challenge me a little bit to listen to it Um, but thanks for uh, joining me here today on the podcast thanks to all of you listening and those that wanted the movie reviews back they came back a couple of weeks ago and god dang you guys love those things man And and I thank you for listening to those because I was very iffy on putting them out because I'll be honest why I stopped doing them is I just I, I really just couldn't watch a movie without judging it without going eh uh, I, I hated not being able to enjoy a movie anymore or even a tv show at like that because I review tv shows as well sometimes uh so it was very hard so I was like you know I'm just gonna take a break I'm just gonna stop doing them and when I stopped doing them a lot of people would comment oh man why'd you stop doing them they were fantastic we need you to do them again and so I was like man here we go and I waited a couple of months and I finally brought them back and I'm kind of glad I did because you guys love them that much so it's it's an honor to to do that and it's an honor to give you guys my thoughts and you guys actually take my thoughts. And, you know, because I do that sometimes, too. You know, I'll watch a review uh, on people that I watch on TikTok or YouTube that review movies and watch movies. And I'm like, ah, if they like it, I'm pretty sure I will like it. You know, it's just and I, and I appreciate you guys think that of me. Uh, maybe I'll skip out on this one. Maybe I'll watch that one. I, I appreciate you guys for that. So, so so much you guys don't even you guys don't understand Uh, but we're doing another Q&A on the podcast uh, here pretty soon send your questions to the email down below and I'll give it out to you right now for those listening or driving it's thehodgepodgeproductions at gmail.com you can send me over a question Uh, you don't even have to put anything in the subject because I read every email I get I'll be honest I'm not like some of them punks that Just, oh, if you don't put it in the description or the subject of what you do, and I'm not going to look at it. No, you can put question, you can put something, you can put, I don't care. You don't even have to, you can leave the subject matter blank, and I'm still going to read it. I don't care. I love getting emails from you guys, and I get get a good bit of emails a week from you guys. You know, I get a handful of emails, and I'm very thankful for all those that I get. So, there's that. I want to know what's the best book that you've read so far this year. And I will tell you mine. Mine is, is a toss-up. I bought both of these books together. I bought Bob Odenkirk's Comedy, 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 Drama. And I also bought Dave Grohl's The Storyteller. You know, you got Will Smith's Will. That's out there. Despite despite the controversy he went through, the book is You can't help. The book is good. Um, there's that. There is... There's a list of good books that came out this year, and I want to know what's your favorite. My favorite would probably—I'll probably put Dave Grohl's The Storyteller um, up there as my favorite so far. I know there's a couple, a uh, few more that I want to read that's coming out uh, this 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 um, this year as well before the year's over. Because it's September, so we're almost at Christmas, almost at Thanksgiving and it's crazy cuz this year has kind of went by slow but also went by fast at the same time. Let me know what your favorite book is and I and I have a reason for that because today we've got one of the youngest self-published authors of all time on the podcast today. Shanti Hershenson is 14 years old. She has published more than 10 books by the age of 14. She's talking today about the process of self-publishing, how she's able to write and publish books one after another without exhausting her mind and herself. It's an an amazing chat. Uh, She also tells me how she reads others' books and learns their processes of writing to incorporate that into her own writing and her own work and art. Which I would think that if you were reading other people's books, you would somewhat steal an idea. Be- just just like you know, like songwriters are like, oh, I don't want to listen to this person's songs because I look up to them and I don't want to steal an idea. And I figure that's how it would be for Shanti and, and just all uh, authors and writers, but it's not. Um, she's also chatting about the best movie book adaptation, her favorite book she's ever written. All that and more right here. Right now. So give it up for 14 year old Shanti Hersherson on the Hodgepodge podcast. We are sponsored by Raise Energy, powered by the enhanced refresh technology. Raise Energy delivers with a performance enhancing energy drink that aids in the most often overlooked categories. Raise Energy targets focus, enhances your recovery time, improves clean energy levels, and boosts your stamina and hydration. Most importantly, each single can. Of Ray's Energy has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, and zero carbohydrates, which that gives you a smarter and more healthier option. You should not have to settle for an energy drink that contains more sugar and carbs than you can count. Opt for the number one fan-voted energy drink on the market today with Raise Energy. If you want to get yourself a can of Ray's Energy, go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P, sports.com, Use my promo code HPP1000HPP1000 HPP1000 at checkout, and you will receive a generous discount.
1: Hi, I'm so sorry. Um, I just got home from school like a minute ago.
0: So, are no, you? You can have as much time as you need. You need more time, and I don't want you to just jump right on after school. Oh, no, it's okay. Okay. How you doing, Shanti? Thanks for doing this.
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. How was day of school? Was it good?
1: Pretty good. Yeah.
0: What grade are you in? What, what fourteen? Um, fourteen ninth grade? Is that right? Yeah. So first year of high school. A little was it a little nerve wracking? Yeah. So you are okay. Let's go. Let's just let's just dive into the pie, Shanti. Let's just dive into it. You're fourteen. You're an author of more than 10 books, self-published. Now, my question with this is, so I I had written a book and I've written a movie script as well. And I was going to publish my book, right? (laughs) They wanted so much money up front that I was like, I don't want to publish the book. So that's my question is, did you pay when you first published your first book? Did did you have to pay for it or is this kind of like a self publishing where you're signed and they do it for you? I wanna know all the ins and outs. So
1: so for self publishing, usually it's not supposed to cost any money. The only um website I use that costs money just for the actual publishing, not like marketing and cover design, would be Ingram Spark because it has a fifty dollar setup fee. It really shouldn't cost any more than that to publish your book. Otherwise it's very likely a vanity publisher, which is a scam. Usually it's like it you it uploads the book on Amazon for you um, and you know you get like it creates a printed copy and it's like print on demand so it's usually not and it really shouldn't be any more than like $50 otherwise it's a scam.
0: I guess I was getting scammed.
1: (laughs) Yeah there's a lot of them out there
0: well they seem legit like they had really published authors they had done all this but it was like I think they were wanting like five grand to publish a book and I was like I don't know if my book is that great
1: <laughs> yeah with um vanity publishing it's usually like they charge you like a few thousand dollars but the money they make isn't from the authors that they publish it's more from or it's more not from the books that they sell it's from the authors that they publish
0: right yeah. so what was the first book you ever writ? Re- you ever wrote that got published do you remember
1: so the first two books i published it's it's weird i go i jump between counting them as like my first published books. So they technically were, and I published them through KDP so I could have a printed copy. They were called, they were the Odyssey books. And oh, I'm blanking on the name of the second book. Um, but anyways, they were these two novellas that I wrote with a friend. The actual first novel I wrote was a few months after, and that was Biomlock. And it's at, it was um, very, very long. It was 250,000 words and 800 pages. So I actually had to split it into three books. So the first novel I wrote was actually three novels. I just didn't know it at the time.
0: I'm going to ask this with the most sincere respect ever. Do you have any friends? How do you write an 800-page yeah. book? How do you write an 800-page book? I, I'm 24. There's no way I could be able to write an a 800-page book, I don't think, I, which I think I could if I had the motivation to do it. But um, it's, it's, yeah, 800 pages. So why did you have to split it into three? into three books was it easier doing it that way I mean why, why could not you just publish it 800 pages
1: so there were a few reasons one of which would be the editing would take so much longer wow. like there is a chance that I probably still would have been like working on it now and it needed to be like cut down either way because um the, the KDP page limit is 700 page 750 pages I believe or 740 something like that and I didn't want to um you know, I didn't really want to like make the text size really small, but also it's much harder to sell a longer book because a lot of people are very intimidated by longer books, myself included. And because of that, like a lot of people would just rather read like shorter books. And so in- instead, I think it's around, they're around six, the first two are 60,000 words the second, 90, 000, and seconds, 90,000. And I actually wrote a fourth book later on, but that was different. Um, So really, because it's harder to sell. Okay. So
0: 60,000 words, what is that? Almost 300 pages, a little over 300? Yeah.
1: Yeah, around 300.
0: Now, you can – how many – okay, I I should preface this first. Are you writing a book currently, or are you always writing a book, or are you taking a break? How how does that work?
1: Uh, I'm always writing a book. So – Actually, the day before yesterday, I finished a book I was writing and I'm going to take a little break from that book and I'm going to actually write a new one and then go back and edit it. That's kind of what I do is whenever I finish a book, I try to let it sit for a few weeks and then I actually read another book in that time just so that I can kind of clear my head and come back to it with a new perspective. So I'm actually currently writing a book and I'm currently editing a book.
0: Where do you get the motivation to do this? Because I feel that once, like, for example, you remind me of like a younger Stephen King, and I'll say this because, or even an R.L. Stein. I'm not sure if you know who R.L. Stein is, he's big in my day. They're like constantly putting out these new books and they're like, there's something going on in their mind that is letting them create these books. Like what what extension cord do you have plugged to your body that others don't, that allows you to just morph out these books one after another?
1: So originally, um, it was a little harder to get the words out, and I would, like, write a few sentences, then I'd stop, maybe, like, not write for a day. And that was when I was writing my first novel when I was 12 years old. Eventually, I realized that I, it's easy to write a thousand words in a day. It's really only about an hour of writing or 30 minutes, depending on how quick it goes. And so what I discovered was that I could very easily knock out a thousand words a day. And again, at first it was a bit of a difficult feat, but eventually I was just doing a thousand words a day and I kept that up um, for almost three years now. And just eventually I feel like it's become second nature. So now I'm just writing every single day and I have a ton of ideas written down. So whenever I'm done, there's always like a new book that I can start.
0: Do you ever, you know, I I kind of think when you're writing multiple books or even, you know, you have 14, you're working, writing another one. It reminds me of like, I say this, Adam Sandler, like this guy has like multiple movies. And I wonder, are there any <clears throat> characters that you put in your book that have come through in other books? Like, like let's say if you use somebody and they name, let's just use Benjamin Franklin. You, you write somebody named Benjamin Franklin is there someone that's gonna have Benjamin Franklin II in you know the 18th book that you write is that a possibility or is it just always hey there's never-ending river of names
1: I feel like it's definitely a never-ending river of names like I have so many name ideas I try not to have characters with repeating names um there are sometimes like background characters will have the same names I've had more than one background character named will now um oh, okay. and then i believe so in odyssey um the main character of odyssey i wrote in sixth grade and it's like it's my literally my least popular book so no one knows it and no one should read it. it's bad <laughs> anyway so the main character of that is named kane spelled k-a-n-e and the main character of never dying is c-a-i-n so it's like same pronunciation different spelling
0: so when you go into writing a book, I want to know how how do you start? Like, do you going back to Stephen King and R.L. Stine? Sometimes they know how the book will end and they work their way towards that ending, or are you kind of making it up as you go?
1: I'm definitely between that. There are some books when I know like how it's going to end and what the big kind of climax of the book will be, and there are others where I have no idea what I'm doing I just have these characters in this setting and I'm trying to make something happen. Um, I have to say the book, I started it yesterday. I'm around 3,000, 4,000 words in, which is a little less than I'd like to be by now. But I mean, I literally started it yesterday. So I'm just thinking about my summer schedule. But anyways, that book, it don't, I don't have it outlined. I have the beginning and some of the inciting plot points down, and I know how it's going to end. Um, unfortunately, I know how it's going to end because the idea came to me as a Romeo and Juliet retelling. So... Um, <laughs> That's kind of, like, I really do know how it's going to end. But I'm probably going to change the ending a little. And really, it matters more to me, like, what is in between. But I I do love writing, like, endings probably more than the rest of the book.
0: Do you put, like, current culture in your books? Like, is it like, okay, if if there's somebody's popular, Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift, do you kind of incorporate that type of pop culture into the books or are you kind of just in your own little world of pop culture?
1: It depends on the book. The book I'm writing right now is high fantasy. So there's really not much of that. However, um, the book I just finished had some, like they had Instagram and they had like Doritos. So there's little things like that because otherwise I use generic names for, for things or it's like, She had a bag of spicy chips and opened her social media messaging app. Um, But it really does depend on the book and whether or not it would fit.
0: So what is your best subject in school, I should say? Because I wonder when you see like Eminem or Elvis Presley, they failed music class. And they are obviously one of the most greatest musicians to live. So like, what is your best subject? Are you great in English or language arts, or are you more comfortable in other things?
1: 100% English is, really? like, my yeah. best subject. Um, my worst subject is arguably math. So, math.
0: I, 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 have... had, I had trouble with math. You know, what? what interested me is, and what's confusing now, is I will help my little cousin, and she's 7 or 8. And this math is stuff I was doing my senior year of school. So it's like I – I had no clue what was going on then. <laughs> so I definitely don't have a clue what's going on now. Yeah. It's it's crazy the um the mileage it's jumped it just in you know five years. Yeah. So kind of I'm gonna back uh, backtrack a little bit where tell me about your life growing up. Where where are you from? You know what was what was life like?
1: Um, so I was born in Los Angeles and I lived there, um, for 11 years. And then when I was 11, we got into a school and we decided we were going to move because, you know, we needed a break from, um, the big, actually we lived in the suburbs. So we really, you know, we wanted to move, um, we wanted to live closer to the beach too. So we moved down to San Diego and that's where we live now. Um, it's really nice, honestly. Um, but yeah, when I think of like my childhood, I think a little more of like Los Angeles.
0: So Well talk about Los Angeles. What was what were some of the great points and also some of the bad points of living there? Obviously the traffic is probably Oh yeah, the the traffic. No, I I, used to be 20 minutes to get to school. See, that's what I was gonna ask, because I live in the south. I live in Mississippi, so like there's hardly any traffic. And anytime there's traffic, if there's a car wreck or something like that, we all get irritated. But like it would literally take you guys like 45 minutes just to go out and grab a carton of milk or something like that like it's it's so you mentioned oh, that you, yeah. you you mentioned you got to a school what mm-hmm. ki- what type of school did you get into was it like a like a professional art school like a performing art school or was it just like a just a school
1: um uh, well beforehand i was uh, i was a private school kid all for okay. elementary school so okay. but it was actually a charter school we got into which is i, I just describe it as half private half public Right. So like a lottery. Um, No, beforehand, I was going to like private school, um, which was really nice in L.A., but there were there were very heavy differences between the philosophies of the school, which in a way might have hindered my learning a little because I went from a school that really didn't believe in tests and homework to a preparatory school for two years. And then another year at um, another school that was a little more laid back. And then we moved from middle school to a project based school. And now I'm just in um, a regular high school. <laughs> so.
0: And is the regular high school kind of a shell shock being that you went from public school uh, from a private school to a charter school and now you're completely public?
1: It's not terribly like it hasn't been terribly hard to get used to. I've been th- I've been thankful to have like a really huge circle of friends and the school itself I feel like has more of a focus on like arts as opposed to athletics. So that's very nice Um they don't have a football team or anything, but honestly, it hasn't been too shocking. I just, it's been, it's very much larger. So there's that.
0: Yeah. When now here's a, here's an interesting question that I, that I find that I kind of want to know the answer to, can you read a book and not? Okay. Let me, let me, let me try to figure out how I'm going to, I'm going to question this can you read a book and take knowledge from the book but also not put that that you learned into your own writing or or it, or like or are you scared to read others work because you're scared it's going to influence your you know your work and you may take an idea or something from theirs <clears throat>
1: It's not as much of a challenge as one would think. Whenever I read, I try to pull lessons more from how the author has something happen as opposed to what happens. So like, for example, I'll be like, oh, that was really clever. How did they make this happen? And it's not like I'll exactly take the scene, but I'll figure out how they were able to get a sort of thing like that to happen. Otherwise, I like to take kind of lessons from the writing style of the book and how they write and how they describe things. Um, and often I do honestly critique subjectively when it comes to what I read. So I'll be like, I don't like this. Or why did they write this like that? But it's all really subjective when it comes to critique.
0: Okay. So what what type, what, what genres of books are you, are, are you reading? Because it's going to interfere with my next question.
1: Right now I'm reading a thriller book. But in general, I really like sci-fi and fantasy and like contemporary I prefer books that were written now to books that were written like, say 50 years ago. The book I'm reading right now was written over 50 years ago and it's a challenge, but I do prefer newer books. I'm reading the boys from Brazil right now. Gotcha.
0: Now, have you ever, the reason I asked that was because that that leads greater to a next question is when you mentioned that you're critiquing and it's so very, you know, you have different what's what you want. Let's just say you, you're like, ah, I've scanned pretty much most of the science fiction books that I've read Let's move on to a nonfiction book or maybe a biography or something like that because those books, I feel, which those are my favorite types of books, they're a lot harder to critique and understand other than somebody's made-up writing. I
1: definitely think like 100%. I've read some nonfiction – I don't read very much. Um, I read memoirs occasionally. Other than that, I really don't read much nonfiction, but – yeah, generally I find that fiction is easy to critique, and I actually I do enjoy critiquing work. It doesn't usually make me enjoy it any less, um, unless like I really don't like the book because I'm still having like an enjoyable time reading it, and it's still like a book that I'm enjoy like I really like. However, I'm finding kind of ways to critique it because I think critiquing books is something that authors can do. Um, however, if they're critiquing books just to critique them, don't include it in like don't write a bad review for the book. Like I write right. my reviews based on, I don't actually write negative reviews, but I usually like like a book based on the enjoyment, but sometimes there's like things I would have done differently or things I'm impressed about. And I always write them down so I can like think about them later on.
0: Now, I want to know when you're, you, you wrote your first book, let's just take 12 years old, right? That's when you started writing your actual books and getting them published, et cetera. Now, when you look, your friends come at you and they look, or they're like, "Oh, look, she's writing another book," or is it just, "Oh, that's Shanti, my friend"?
1: It's definitely like, "Oh my gosh, it's Shanti!" Like, no one is really surprised anymore. Um, I have to admit, I didn't really see this coming when I started writing my first novel. Um, I didn't even see the first two books coming. So once I started writing, what was technically like my third book, um, which was my first novel, I really didn't see it coming. Like I was like, I'm going to just see if I can maybe write like a novella. And then I don't know if I'll write any more books. I just kind of am bored and I just never stopped writing.
0: What do you mean? You never saw it coming. Never saw what coming? The attention? All of
1: this coming in all sort of, but also like just all the books I've written. Like I didn't have that confidence when I was 12. I didn't think I could write that many books. When I was a kid, my goal was to write the longest book in the world. And, well, I haven't written the longest book in the world, but if you add up the word counts of all the books I've written, it's well over the length of War and Peace. So that's kind of...
0: Do you know what the longest book in the world is?
1: A lot longer than that. It's very... um, sort of difficult question because there are a lot of different literary works like if you include fan fiction there's like one fan fiction that's like 10 million words or something
0: wow (laughs) now there there is i'm looking right now as we're speaking Mm -hmm. the list of longest novels like you mentioned there's a different variation of them this is ben muasu from from b Jamohan, and that is a 22,000-page book. Yeah. That – do you think you have that in you? Can you do a 30,000-page book? Because you know if you want to make – because you know if you want to write the world's longest book and you – let's say it's 22,306, you don't want to just do a 22,307-page book because someone could just come right behind you and do 308. You would want to make it at least a good 10,000 extra pages.
1: I got to say, see, that wouldn't be publishable. So I'd have to do it in volumes, which is like what I did with BiomLock. So, I mean, maybe I could, but it would probably end up just being a series instead of one book. Um, however, I strongly believe that I can write just, if you add up all my body of work, it'll be longer than that. Right. Um, Right now, it's around... 870,000 words total, I believe. Something along, along the lines of that. Well, almost 900,000, which is almost so, a million.
0: <laughs> so you do, obviously, you do a lot of these interviews. Uh, what's a question that you know you're always going to get asked or a topic, you know, you're going to get asked about whenever you go on to do a besides Besides often... the books, besides the books, because that's yeah. what you for, obviously.
1: Well, I'm very often asked if my parents are writers, which they're not. Um, I'm also asked a lot about anti-bullying and things along like that, things under that umbrella. But I don't know. I feel like I get each interview I do, I get asked a good variety of questions. There's just that, like those kind of essential questions that are always kind of asked.
0: What's one question or one topic that you're never going to get asked? And you, you're like, man, I wish they would ask me about this because I really want to talk about it.
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Hmm. Sorry, I have to take a moment. Um, You're
0: good. You're okay.
1: I mean, honestly, just these little, like, specific details related to writing. So, for example... Like, one of them that I do like to talk about, but I don't get asked a lot, is particularly with my characters. It's like, how do you build a real character? Because I believe in order for a book to be good, the character has to feel real. And that can be especially hard at times, because, like, no one likes shallow characters. You
0: have to be, and I I, I don't want to interrupt you, but here's what I feel a character Mm -hmm. should be. You have to be able to see this character in your mind as if you're watching TV.
1: 100% that is um honestly what i try to do it's like when i'm writing i try to almost imagine it more as a movie as opposed to a book and i'm just kind of translating what's going on in my head um because what i find is you need a clear image of your character and that can really help you more so like i have my character's personality seldomly down it really depends on like who she's talking to as opposed to how she speaks and i just need to i just need to figure out how she's going to look because that's a little difficult for some reason
0: now do you ever because I will I will see this see this all the time in books where they give us too much detail of a character. Now, do you find that troublesome for you sometimes or is it just like I need to the more detail the better? because I know it I know it' on the reader
1: When describing characters, I usually prefer to have like to at least to read a sort of a vaguer description so then I can sort of picture them myself. Um, which usually comes in complicated when, or when, or if there's a like movie or TV adaptation, because then like I picture them totally different. Uh, but you know I don't mind having a clear image of the character in my head.
0: Now you mentioned seeing a movie character from a book. What, in your opinion, if you've any, if you've seen any, if not, then it's fine. What is one character or one movie that has been made from a book that's the best one, to your interpretation?
1: Hmm. I can think of a particular adaptation. Okay. I'm not quite sure about individual characters. Okay, give me an adaptation. Oh, I thought the, sh- I thought the Shadow and Bone adaptation was done very well, and the characters were pr- essentially how I pictured them, if not a little different.
0: You know, I found the character from, and I and I will always say this. I think, in my opinion, uh, the Hunger Games. We had to read those books in oh, school yeah. from beginning. Well, there's not that many books, but there's just it's just. There's just a certain type of writer that will give you so much stuff that you just have to think about it where you're like, damn, I really got to really think about what they're saying. And I think they captured it so well in the movies. Like I thought the Hunger Games movies were great.
1: I, um, let's see. I saw the first movie. I don't think I've actually ever read the books. My sister has. I have to, they've been on my list to read for years now. Um, I saw the movies done. I did think they were done very well. And I'm pretty sure the casting, like, it. I don't know. It just felt right, like.
0: So when you're not writing books and you're just chilling out, what are you doing? Or or, or kind of, kind of, what is, what is your life outside of writing books?
1: Hmm, I think I do a variety of different things. A lot of the time I'll hang out with my friends or I'll watch television and I have um, three cats. So I often will play with my cats and just hang out with them and take care of them. I also occasionally skateboard and, um, I do volunteer work sometimes. So
0: when you're watching TV, what is a 14 year old watching now? Because I feel you're not a typical 14 year old. I feel you're more of a mature 14 year old just because, just because, you know, kind well, obviously you're going to have your immatureness because obviously everybody does, but I feel that just because you have this discipline about you, you can sit down and write an 800 page book that there has to be some matureness factor
1: definitely i'd say that for the most part um hmm. i don't know what i watch i like um the show modern family i finished it like two years ago i rewatch it occasionally i did um watch and enjoy stranger things um when it came out i mean other than that i don't really know it's like i don't watch nearly as much tv as i should often it's like i'll sit and i'll try to pick something or i'll just watch youtube
0: um that's That's the go-to for a lot of people, including myself. Like sometimes I'll just be like, eh, I don't feel like flipping through Netflix, but then I'll flip through, I'll scroll through my iPad for something on YouTube for two hours. (laughs) And it's like, it's the same thing. So, but, but YouTube just has this variety of things that streaming and cable channels don't have.
1: Cause with YouTube, yeah, I feel like you can just honestly find anything like there's, Really, videos are uploaded any minute. Like, it's really hard to run out of things to watch.
0: What are, you, what are you watching on YouTube? What What type of things? What type of videos?
1: I feel like, so, you know, there's the videos of people reading, like, the old Reddit posts. No, I don't like the, I don't know. The TikTok right. ones are kind of annoying. Um, I used to watch those a lot and, like, r slash Entitled Parents. I also um watched, like, a fair share of, like, horror stories. Like, if you know, like, Mr. Nightmare, I love those. And, really, anything that just comes to mind. There's just so much on that app. I feel like. Uh.
0: See, I, I'm I'm a horror buff like like you, but if I'm sitting here in the dark, I am not gonna sit there and watch a a, a eerie, creepy video. But I will watch somebody kill somebody with a chainsaw a hundred times over. But you show me those creepy videos, I'm I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm going back. Okay, I think I locked the door, but let me go make sure.
1: <laughs> I um. Have watched them in the dark when I've been the only one awake before.
0: Yeah, and that, <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a terrible hard to fall theory.
1: asleep.
0: Hard to fall asleep because you're you're pre- like caffeine, pre caffeine. Yeah, let yeah let me let me ask you this: When what is your what's your what's your main goal for writing all these books? And I'm pretty sure that's a question you get all the time. But I got to know what's your what's your end goal.
1: I don't really know if I have one. Um, I think, of course, like a film adaptation would be nice, but that's mainly, that's not really an end goal. Honestly, I just want to be like a famous author when I'm older, and I think that would be super cool. I also think being like a screenwriter would be awesome, maybe producing a movie. And um, I perhaps want to be a creative writing professor.
0: Man, I would love, you know, I, I, and I'll tell you this you want to produce a movie, I, I pr- produced a, uh, like like an indie film with one of my good friends drew and that is the hardest stuff you'll ever do in your life (laughs) it was like a short 15 minute film but it was like i mean hundreds of hours of work and it's like i can't imagine what it's like to do a two and a half hour movie i can't imagine
1: yeah it um i imagine it being very very difficult
0: So a couple more questions for you, Shanti, and uh, I I will get you uh, off here. So when – what is – do you still get excited when another book is completed and it's published? Like, Is there still that excitement? Because I feel – and I use this a lot. You can use this in a lot of other interpretations. But I feel once that excitement or that nervousness is gone, then the spark is no longer there.
1: I think honestly with each book I write I do have that same excitement because there's always like a new set of readers and reviews and new things that can happen. So it's never really that spark is gone and if anything, it's it grows larger each time I finish a book because I think whenever I finish a book my confidence does increase a little. It honestly it just it gets easier to write every single book I write. I'm about I'm starting book twenty. I started it yesterday and it's easier than book one was and it's easier than like book two was and really now it's just kind of just getting easier and of course at some point it is going to get harder and there are new things I have to take into consideration and I'm gonna be writing more difficult plots but I do feel like it just gets easier with each book I write
0: and that's surprising because I feel because it's not like a movie set or publishing company where people are pitching you ideas you're coming up with these ideas on your own. So, I, so that's shocking to me that, that book 20 is easier than book one. Because I feel that you would just yeah. be so pressured because of this one. Because I'm sure you're like this. Book 20 has to be better than book 19. If not, then I let myself down. That means book 21 is going to have to be way better than book 20.
1: I don't usually feel that. Okay. Mainly because um, it's like I have the books that I feel like really stick out in terms of like how good they are. So, for example, I think the last the book I just finished, it's one of my best books, but I don't think it's the best book. Um, The book before it was genuinely, I think, one of the best books I've written, but it's not perfect. And writing style-wise, it was the best book I've written. Uh, the best book I've written is Never Dying, which is actually my recent most recent release, but it was actually the 15th book I wrote. And I think it's the best book I've written. I'm really, really hoping deep down that the book I'm writing right now is going to be the best book I've ever written. And I think the plot is comparable to Never Dying because plot is obviously extremely important in terms of how good a book is. And the writing style is like, okay. So I'm really thinking that one's probably going to be my best book for a while, but I'm not sure yet.
0: That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Yeah. You, you, you're good under pressure? Yeah. Okay. I believe you. You're good under pressure. I believe you. <laughs> I, I feel that yeah. this next book is going to be your best book. So, thank you. before we jump off here, how can I get a copy of the book and how can the people get a copy of the book, uh, of any book that you've written?
1: So, first off, all of my books are available on Amazon.com. If you look up my name, they'll all come up. If you look up the book titles, they'll come up. Um, second, all my books are available. Actually, I don't know all, but most of my books are available on BarnesandNoble.com, particularly the hardcovers. Um, honestly, I believe they're all now available anywhere you buy books online. So if you look them up wherever you're going to find them, you may even find them in some bookstores and libraries, but otherwise it's really just anywhere.
0: Shanti, thank you for coming on here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. So I've, I've taken 30 minutes of your time. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, Take as much time as you need and promote, get your Instagram website, whatever you have out there you want to promote, go ahead and promote it, take as much time as you want okay go ahead <laughs> oh
1: oh wait my what, wait, what you... uh my social media yeah, oh, I thought you meant the podcast apps, I don't know I'm sorry I'm, I'm so tired no, I'm so sorry <laughs> no, I... Like, I completely <laughs> okay, um but yes, you can find me on um. Instagram, which is at Shanti Hershenson. That's S-H-A-N-T-I-H-E-R-S-H-E-N-S-O-N. Uh, my website is shantihershenson.com. You can also find me on TikTok, which is at Shanti Who Writes. I believe my Twitter is Shanti Hersh. I am um, not active on Twitter. I check it and I repost things um people post about me. So if you want to, like, p- promote the podcast episode, I repost it. Um, But, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know, I don't use Twitter.
0: <laughs> I don't either. I have it. Just because I have a couple uh, couple podcast buddies on there that I, you know, message back and forth with. Other than that, I could care less. I'm more of a, you know, and this is this is not normal. I, I'm more of a Facebook person. Like I, I I like looking at stuff on Facebook and people are always like, Well, there's there's is so much negativity over there. Not if you delete and block the people that are negative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Shanti, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I will let you know when this goes up and uh, all the success to you all the success
1: thank you for having me you have a good one bye
0: you know Dano seasoning is changing the world one table at a time by offering the best all-natural low-sodium seasoning products on the market Dano's goals are to provide you with real flavors to make healthier food choices without ever having to sacrifice the real taste. Dano's includes low sodium which is only 50 milligrams per serving, has all natural unrefined sea salt, there's no sugar, no MSG, no chemicals and it's completely gluten free. Also there's 100% natural ingredients. Dano's seasoning is the most versatile seasoning on the market. Grill, smoke, bake, create soups, sauces, marinades. You can also sprinkle Danos on your eggs, your potatoes, maybe some pizza, maybe some pasta, and even while you're watching a movie, sprinkle some Danos on popcorn. Heck, if you're crazy, why don't you put some Danos on ice cream? Any food that exists, you can put some Danos on it. Go to DanosSeasoning.com. Use my promo code Hodgepodge, capital H and a capital P, and Hodgepodge, guys. Remember to do that. Um, Just like the spelling of the podcast, a capital H and a capital P in Hodgepodge. You can try all three flavors, which include original, spicy, and hot Chipotle right now, today. It's damn good. Yum, yum. Get you some. We are sponsored by Ray's Energy. Powered by the enhanced refresh technology, Ray's Energy delivers with a performance-enhancing energy drink, the aids in the most often overlooked categories. Raise Energy targets focus, enhances your recovery time, improves clean energy levels, and boosts your stamina and hydration. Most importantly, each single can of Raised Energy has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, and zero carbohydrates, which that gives you a smarter and more healthier option you should not have to settle for an energy drink that contains more sugar and carbs than you can count. Opt for the number one fan-voted energy drink on the market today with Ray's Energy. If you want to get yourself a can of Ray's Energy, go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P, sports.com. Use my promo code HPP1000, HPP1000 at checkout. and You will receive a generous discount. (laughs)